Hello, listeners. Today's episode is rated G for everyone. Tune in for the final session of the season as I get to sit down and talk to AJ Dana, a fellow podcaster himself and an amazing, talented actor on varying levels from stage, production, and voice acting. And as the season comes to an end, we'll be back after the holidays. Until then, enjoy this amazing journey that AJ takes us through and his experience of being an actor. Welcome to IPA Sessions. Welcome to IPA Sessions, a podcast for independent artists. As always, this is a place where we like to provide inspirations for practical applications within entertainment. And today I've got an amazing guest on. His name is AJ Dana, and he is a performing actor and a podcaster, as well as a voiceover artist. AJ is going to take us through his journey today as an independent artist. Please welcome to the show, AJ. Say hi, bud. Hello. Good to see you, Jacob. Thanks for having me on today. No problem. Thanks for being here. Uh, AJ, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, What do you do exactly? Well, I am uh, an improv actor, a voice actor, occasionally a writer, a creature performer, and a podcaster. As you mentioned, uh, the list goes on, but most importantly, I'm an entertainer. I would say everything I do falls under that. I'm a storyteller. I just love staying busy in all creative fields that I can. Excellent. Excellent. I love hearing that. So today we're going to kind of go through your journey as as an actor, all the ups and downs, the obstacles that you have to face so that we can really share that experience because I know a lot of people, uh, you know, they, they say, I want to act. So they, they come out to Hollywood and the reality can hit really hard if you're not mentally preparing yourself for what you have to go through. So I'm excited to have you kind of take us through that journey through your own experience. Uh, I know that you've had ups and downs and you've had payoffs and I think that's fantastic. Before we get into all that, what's your podcast? You say you do a podcast? Yes, I do. It's called Real Monsters Podcast. That's R-E-E-L as in film reel. Real Monsters Podcast dedicated to classic monsters characters like the Universal Monsters and their place in pop culture. Awesome. Let's kind of start the show off to, uh, I, I know that you act in film and that you're also a theater presence uh, on stage uh, and that you do some voiceover work. Do you want to kind of just take us from uh, point A to point B, kind of start your journey out for us, give us a little bit of your story of uh, how you came out here, how you got started, maybe some routes that that you went through uh, to become an actor, to, to make a living, to pay your rent. Can you kind of take us through that? Certainly. Yes, sir. So I'm originally from Los Angeles. So growing up around the entertainment industry has always normalized it for me. I've never really seen it as a stars in my eyes, la la land type situation. Uh, I was very, very fortunate to grow up in Hollywood. So I could literally see the Hollywood sign from my elementary school. The Hollywood that we see in myths and legends is not ever the Hollywood that I have seen. Uh, And that's, in my opinion, a good thing, because as you mentioned, practical uh, business and entertainment is always what's fascinated me more so than the lore and legends of Hollywood. So I originally decided I was going to be a baseball player. That was my first career aspiration when I was very young. Did not see that coming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's it's funny because I don't really do very much with athletics nowadays. So I totally I I know that's a big surprise. Uh, And I'm I'm lucky, I guess, to say that. I ended up in theater because of baseball, because I was bullied so severely on the baseball team that I had to leave. I had to leave the team. I just, I literally got bullied off the team. And that is not sportsmanship conduct. I'm sorry to hear that. 
Thank you. Yeah, it is not sportsmanship conduct indeed, but thankfully the universe had other plans and the crowd that I decided to hang with after that was the theater crowd. And this happened to be around the same time that Disney Channel released an integral film called High School Musical. And for anyone in Generation Z who is in entertainment, you would be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't have High School Musical as an influence. I uh, I finally made it out of the PA world uh, into locations. Uh, that's my paying gig. Uh, unfortunately, this podcast does not pay my rent. I just love talking to people and sharing their experiences. But my very first job as a locations manager was for High School Musical Season 3. Ah, very good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's so popular. It's now a TV series. Yes. <laughs> so you definitely yes. know what High School Musical is. <laughs> the the enduring legacy of High School Musical, it continues to speak to generations to it this does. day. And I appreciate that. So it's an interesting tale because the story of High School Musical, for those who might not know, is about an athlete who joins the theater department sort of against everyone's wishes. It, it's a movie that uh, was talking about how society, especially when you're young, perpetuates stereotypes of like, stay in your lane, you have to hang out with the jocks. And then he he breaks the mold and and meets a, a young woman named Gabriella, and they're in the theater department together, and she's, uh, she's in the Scholastic Decathlon. So long story short, High School Musical came around, and its theme about being yourself and respecting everyone for their individual talents and and the teamwork, we're all in this together, really spoke to me. And at that time, I, I became a, a theater actor. So I did a lot of theater throughout my youth and into my, my young adult years. And from there, I always found myself getting cast as the character roles, which I love. I'm not a leading man, and I'm thrilled that I'm not. Um, I'm a character actor all the way, and my whole life I've also been very into doing voice impressions and stuff. Just to, just to interrupt you for one moment here, when you say character actor, I absolutely love that concept because as a fan of horror, and you know, related to your other podcast being about you know classic horror monsters, character actors are the absolute best. They are what make these films. Uh, so don't don't uh, sell yourself short on being a character actor. To me, <laughs> that is a leading man. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I know a lot of the character actors are the ones who influence me even on disney channel you know uh there's a show called the sweet life of zach and cody yes zach and cody are in the title of the show but the hotel manager uh mr mosby is the character that stuck out to me you know it's so to to, uh, to piggyback on that jacob i completely agree that character acting is nothing to shake a stick at and that's essentially what led to voiceover because there's such heavy character choices as well how did you uh, get started what was your first step to really pursuing this goal of acting well my first step was training and i think it should be for most people in my opinion the way to learn to be good at what you do is to learn from those who are great at what they do and i'm very fortunate to have kind of wound up in an odd situation that most people don't have uh and again this comes from being born and raised in la uh, I went to Universal Studios Hollywood, the theme park, a lot when I was young, and I met a lot of working character actors who performed in the park. And when you work in L.A. as a character actor, the reality for, for most of us is that film and TV work is maybe 20%, maybe 30, 40 of your income within the year. Otherwise, you're doing theater, you're maybe doing immersive theater, you're doing theme park work, and, and it's like, you know, improvisational comedy characters you might see on TV. And that is who influenced me. I got to meet a lot of those performers when they weren't on TV and film sets. They were, you know, working in the theme park circuit, which is good work and it's good money and it's all the same. So my definition of being an actor was expanded around this time because 
I learned to see very quickly that, you know, film and TV is not the only place for character acting. So the first step was to get training and get mentorship from these people and kind of figure out what to do with that concept. Now that I expanded my definition of what an actor can be, what do I do with that? So what I did with that was I got a referral from one of those delightfully uh, kind performers to an improv school called Comedy Sports. Okay, Comedy Sports. Uh, what, what is that exactly? Is it a, like a training type thing? Or do they put on live performances as well? Yes, Comedy Sports uh, trains and puts on performances. They are a very unique improv school in that their focus is short-form improv. So for anyone out there who might not know the difference, long-form improv is scene work. Like it's, It'll be a long scene that you can jump into for like flashbacks, and it, it's wonderful. I really do like long-form improv. I think I prefer long-form improv because it's most of what you actually use in the field. But short-form improv is improv games. So it's, you know, like, it's really hard to think of examples off the top of my head for listeners who might not be familiar with the forms of improv. But, but is it similar to Whose Line Is It Anyway? Is that kind of a short form? Actually, that's a great way to describe it. Yes. Whose Line Is It Anyway is, as you know, is a game-based improv show. And that is what comedy sports does as well. Uh, and just like on Whose Line, the points don't matter. So it's very similar <laughs> to that. Fantastic. Uh, all right. So you got into this acting world. You you got your training in. You learned how to, to do improv, which I'm assuming is really good for an actor to not just use your voice talents, but your physical presence your em- to, to emote feelings and impressions upon people, maybe with physical gestures, things like that. When you got into that world, eventually we know that you went down the route of voice acting. Uh, would you like to kind of carry us into what got you into acting and then more so into the voice uh, acting aspect. Uh, I guess what kind of helped open the doorway towards voice acting? Sure. Well, I think there, I'm going to agree with you, by the way, that improv can be beneficial to any actor because of learning to link everything from your physicality to your voice, to your, to what you're saying, to, to character choices. And I think something that most people who have worked with me uh, in a performing setting will agree that I really love character choices. Um, and that's, uh, that's a huge aspect of both improv and voiceover. Uh, Jacob, obviously you're somebody who's very well pop culture versed like me, you know, think about some of your favorite cartoons. I mean, none of them have just people speaking in their regular voices. No, absolutely not. I mean, I'm a huge H. John Benjamin fan, <laughs> and, the, and that guy's all over the place. Uh, I mean, he can play a lethal assassin or a guy flipping burgers. Exactly. And the improv world will teach you how to do that in a moment's notice. So once I picked up that skill through comedy sports and later from Groundlings as well, I started to find the link between these silly over-the-top choices. Like, you know, here's a way to describe it. Improv and voiceover can both be a pro... Animation voiceover specifically, by the way, I should clarify, animation voiceover can be described with uh, the same way improv gets broken down. They'll say, give me a location, give me an occupation, you know, give me an emotion. That's how most improv begins when you're performing improv. And so you might get a setup for an animation voiceover audition that says, this is a 14-year-old kid uh, who uh, is a reincarnated Egyptian pharaoh uh, who works at an arcade in Antarctica. Well, you know, you you hear the suggestion and you're like, well, this is a choice, you know? And so I've, I've always loved... Like maybe not that set up because I'm already drawing a blank on it and I'm an improv actor, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what, improv <laughs> and voice. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, improv and voiceover will really stretch your muscles as an actor. 
both of them require training to, to really hone in your skills. And once you have it, you are just able to conjure the most bizarre things. And I've loved both of those. Uh, yeah. So with improv, you know, it's, it also teaches you how to just react in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good talent to have because like you were saying, as an actor, you've got to bring something to life. Yes, you're given a script, uh, you read the lines, but you know, I, I read books all the time and over the course of chapters, as I read the books and the character develops, I'm able to, in my brain, when I'm reading, start to bring that character more to life when I read their lines. Whereas when you're given a script, you got to bring that character to life right then and there based off of what little context clues you're given and that brief scene setup. So I think that improv is a wonderful way to develop that skill, especially as an actor, whether it's voiceover or actual acting uh, on screen or on stage. And you are no uh, small feat. I mean, you've had some good success uh, as an actor. Uh, would you take us through some of the, the good stuff that you can discuss and talk about? Sure, yeah. I, I am very, very grateful to have had a lot of opportunities that have aligned with uh, intellectual properties and brands that I really enjoyed. And I think I'm very grateful to say I have found the sweet spot of combining my actual genuine passions in the industry with my talents. And, you know, as an actor, it's your job to connect with any material you're given. That's another thing improv can do for you is like, even if a story isn't necessarily one that you would, you know, watch, well, if you get cast in it, it's your job to make it your story and to find something you can relate to because plenty of other people will relate to it as well. And uh, I connect with a lot of the material I've worked on. I'm very lucky to say that I have worked with the Netflix Stranger Things brand for uh, some of the immersive experiences they've put on uh, as an actor. And I have worked with Jojo Siwa. Uh, there was a Christmas event uh, during the 2020 half of the pandemic where uh, it was called Wonderland, and and JoJo had an immersive activation there. So I was JoJo's elf, and it was me and JoJo, and we got to deliver uh, presents to uh, a child who had leukemia. And wow. you know, as an actor, what could be more meaningful than being a performer and making memories for someone, uh, especially in that situation, with someone who is also uh, the spearhead of a major entertainment brand? You know, JoJo Siwa, and she's also she started off as an independent artist herself. Mm -hmm. And she went the same route. So it's nice that you guys have that shared experience uh, to grow together as well. I think that's incredible. Also, I'm pretty sure you just made all my nieces out there very happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, that's incredible. So with your current projects that you're on, you're focusing more on the voice acting now, correct? I would say that is one of my main focuses, immersive theater and voiceover, yes. Which, and I know as someone who wants to pursue the, the career of character acting specifically, uh, that's a great, great place to, to get into. Do you, uh, can you kind of take us through uh, how to go about being a voice actor? How can one reach out and, and try and find either auditions or submitting, you know, reels? What's the process there if they want to go into that world from the acting world? And what well, kind of experience would help? Sure. I think that this is a great question that has a great answer for independent artists specifically, because anyone's journey as a voice actor is going to start inside you. No brand, no uh, one particular lesson, no equipment will give you the voiceover career that you yourself can start in your heart and in your throat. Now, I know that sounds like it's, it's very cheesy, but it's true. Every voice actor has to have the spirit of an independent artist because the key to being a good voice actor is being a good listener. Uh, a gentleman named Corey Burton taught me that when I was 13 years old, and it's been the most 
helpful advice. When you are an actor, before you have an agent, before you have any jobs, the first thing you need to do, especially in voiceover, is consume. Not to sound like John Carpenter's They Live, but you have to consume. Because yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one, Jake. I love it. <laughs> We're horror fans. It's been established. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you are listening to voiceovers that click with you, whether it's uh, Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or Disney, like whatever sort of, or maybe even it's not animation, maybe commercials are what appeals to you. Maybe promos are what appeals to you. It's probably flow from the commercials. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, Flo is also a groundling, by the mm-hmm. way, yep. uh, and another improv alumni, if that proves the point perfectly right there about uh, about improv and character choices. I'd say most of the progressive team are, are improv people. So, you know, whatever kind of, of art appeals to you, the first thing starts within you before you're associated with anyone else, not your agent, not your, not your, your business manager, not your bookings. It starts with you as an artist. Find what appeals to you. Listen to it. Study it embody it, recreate it, imitate it. And even if as a voice actor, that's just your teachers, your parents, your siblings, everyone knows that you have one teacher or one person in your life who was older than you that you imitated or, or, you know, when when you were young, that's how most voiceover character choices start is listening and observing the world around you, whether it's the people you actually know or entertainment, absorbing that and, you know, putting that energy back out, using that for your arsenal as an independent artist. Awesome. All right. So AJ, sometimes I like to go through technical aspects and I know some people are like, well, what's technical about being an actor? Well, if you want to get into the union, there's a route to go. Uh, if you want to find work and audition, there are routes to go. Can you kind of take us through some technical advice for people? Maybe your own personal um, route that you went. So when you were acting, you got out there. I'm assuming that you were able to get yourself an agent. How did you go about doing that? Um, I'm assuming I, I know that I've worked with you and that you were part of the union. So you're part of SAG. Would you mind kind of going through the process of of how one can go about doing that, especially if they want to really pursue that career? Absolutely. So there are multiple technical aspects of being an actor. Uh, that is, as you mentioned, a big one of them. Uh, the other one, uh, the voiceover specific is equipment. You know, you will need to find the right equipment, especially in today's climate where you can work from home. Uh, and for if you're focusing on a- on camera, you'll need to get self-tape backgrounds for your auditions that are filmed from home. Uh, get yourself a good tripod, good lighting. You know, essentially every actor, especially now, uh, should have their own like home studio. But you can't really substitute art with equipment like you know make sure you know what you're doing first and then get the equipment now as far as uh situations like uh, joining the union you know again in this climate things are always changing sometimes there are you know quote unquote better jobs for non-union performers sometimes there are better jobs quote unquote for union performers and it all really depends on what you want to do but the route that worked for me personally was joining the union sag uh, and there are a couple of ways you can accomplish this. Making your own content is one of them. You can, you know, submit the paperwork with SAG to make your own like web series, mini series, you know, get creative with your network. Uh, yeah, YouTubing, but, that's a that's a route. It's a legitimate yep. route nowadays. You can be a YouTuber Absolutely. and go that route to become SAG. I mean, look at Jojo Siwa. She started off on YouTube with her music videos. Yep, and the, and and Dance Moms too. Uh, ironically, several different uh, you know, ways that you can you can come up into uh, the mainstream entertainment. Uh, and especially as an independent artist, this is a great time to do that because there is encouragement from organizations like the unions to uh, to put yourself out there and become affiliated with with the big picture. But something that I want to express that I know is 
an unpopular opinion in sort of the mirage uh, illusion of of the industry. Please, by all means, share because this is a platform that's about your personal experience and this is for others to learn through what you have gone through personally. So there is no right or wrong in my opinion. Thank you. I appreciate that. In my personal opinion, uh, there is no need or reason to turn your nose down on background acting work uh, or extra work, whatever you'd like to call it. I prefer background. Absolutely agree. Yeah, thank you. And in the industry that we are in, there's all sorts of opinions about this, but that aside... I will say, if you go into background extra work, you will learn more firsthand on these jobs than you will from essentially any acting class because acting classes will teach you how to perform and how to act, but not how to be on a set. The way to learn how to be on a set is work on a set. And this is also fun because you can also get into SAG-AFTRA through doing background work. If you get yep. X number of uh, vouchers working on union background jobs, you are become eligible to join SAG-AFTRA for whatever it is you want to do from there. Principal roles, voiceover roles, creature roles, whatever you'd like to do, you can then do from there. Background acting is essentially was was my biggest stepping stone. Like I would not be in the union if I hadn't done background work. I wouldn't have connections. I wouldn't have, I met, would not have met you. That's right. I, was <laughs> exactly. say, I would not have met you had I not been doing background work. It, you know, it's a great way to supplement your income if you're in SAG, and it's also a great way to get experience and learn. But as I said, you know, we, we just talked about it. It's very taboo for some people. It's, you know, but I don't think it should be. I really don't think no, it should it shouldn't. be. I encourage a lot of people, especially when they want to act. You know, I have my own little cousin that wants to come out here and pursue that. And I said, look, while you're auditioning, while you're out there trying to make that break, you're going to work background. You're going to get yourself on set because a great way to learn, like you were saying, how film works, especially how film works, is background acting can help lead to doing stand-in work. When you're doing stand-in work, you're learning how you're learning how marks work. You're learning how to face camera. You're learning what they are doing lighting-wise. You're learning how to interpret what's going on, how to be lit, how to interact in that moment. So there's a lot more to acting like you said other than just projecting you know this character image you have to also be aware of camera you have to be aware of lighting you have to be aware of your marks where you're putting your foot on the ground because the camera's following you a certain way uh it's a wonderful way to learn it's a really great experience and i absolutely agree with you about the the background work that's 100 a legitimate great route to go and the, the way that you mentioned that made me think particularly if this isn't enough inspiration i don't know what is i went from a completely 100 independent artist who took the leap and did background work to being a stand-in for andrew garfield and toby mcguire on spider-man no way home because of that journey so Excellent. you too can do that if you if you learn the tools and and you learn on the job you know, it's it's one of those things where if you put the work in, the work will be good back to you. So, AJ, uh, as you mentioned, you know, this this passion of yours for character acting, um, there are small ways that people don't notice with background actors that you are doing subtle things in the background to make the scene pop and come to life. And it does lead to other opportunities, not only to harness this uh, skill set to be a better actor, but there's opportunities there. If you show up on time, uh, if you're present and you're not going all out there wild with it, but being serious about your small little role, whether it's just walking across you know, a, a background street, it can always lead to a better opportunity. Uh, have you had anything in your in your experience in your acting world that has helped when you've been on background, showing up on time, things like that, being mentally prepared and being there in the moment? Yes, I'm very fortunate to say that has been the case a couple of times. Uh, you know, when you work enough background acting jobs and you get to you know learn from the not only from the directors but also from the ads, the second second ads. 
your professionalism will not go unnoticed. As you said, if you take everything seriously, if you show up on time and and you make certain that you're not just there to have fun, but also to do a job. There was one particular situation which has gone on to be quite you know important to my career where I was brought in as a, a background actor on a show I, I'd been doing for a while. And uh, there was a featured part uh, on this particular show that was uh, assigned to someone else. And that person, you know, just was conveniently an hour late and didn't show any sort of concern that they were an hour late. Well, in the production world, if you've been doing background for a while or any other kind of production job, you'll know an hour is a big period of time on yeah, set. Change everything. It could change everything. And it most certainly changed everything for that person and that role because I showed up on time as a background character and was there. And because they needed somebody immediately and the person wasn't there, they called my name, they yelled my name across the soundstage uh, I came running back from Crafty where I was at that time because we were all on a break. Uh, they brought me rid of producer, uh, didn't say a word to me, just uh, put me in front of the producer. Producer said three words, that'll work. And uh, and then from there, I got this this featured part because I was there and because I was present and and I, and I showed up. So yeah, professionalism in the in the workplace it it helps. Uh, it don't don't be cocky, don't be overconfident, be humble, show up, yes. do a job, have fun. And be present. That's the key too. be present, be aware of what's going on and immerse yourself in that moment. Learn from everything, whether you're walking across the street or you've got a speaking role, learn from every opportunity because it will only make you better. Thank you, by the way, for sharing your personal experience, what you've been through, your successes. You are a legitimate actor right now. You have done very well for yourself. Some people may not think so. But based off of your resume and what I know personally about you, you are doing really well, especially coming out of a pandemic. Uh, I know that your voice acting is starting to take off as well. Can you share any of the stuff that you do as a voice actor? Is there anything that you can share? Sure. Yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate hearing you say that because I, I am somebody who is also incredibly grateful for everything that has come my way in the last couple of years. You know, I've really been making an effort to make my career align with my values and the things that I care about. And, and I'm, I'm lucky to say it's been working. So one of Excellent. my most, one of my most recent accomplishments in the voiceover world that I was very, very proud of. And, and, you know, I know in the, like you said, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's not the most uh, exciting job when you compare your career to other people. But guess what? I don't compare my career to other people. So one of my personal accomplishments recently was uh, Shaquille O'Neal has a Halloween event at the Queen Mary called Shacktoberfest. That's awesome. And, uh, right? I know. It's super cool. It's, it's you know, instead of Dark Harbor, we have Shacktoberfest now. And uh, 13th Floor Entertainment Group, who I've worked with before, uh, gave me a call. And they said, we have three characters that are animatronics. They are 13, fall, 13 foot tall animatronics and they need voices and scripts ASAP. And I was like, okay, cool. So just send me the script and I'll get on it. And they're like, no, 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 no. You're going to write it. What's your rate? Oh, so challenge as, accepted. <laughs> exactly. Challenge accepted. So as an, as an independent, you know, contractor, I, you know, I've worked with 13th floor many times. I've done a lot of voiceovers for their events. I'm the voice of LA haunted hayride. I've done voices for haunted attractions in like 10 different states. Which I love the Haunted Hayride. It's a wonderful experience if anyone gets a chance to check it out. Yeah, I also recommend it. I was uh, in the inaugural cast that originated the improv characters at Midnight Falls in 2019. Uh, so I've done a lot of work in person acting and I've done voiceover. So Shacktoberfest, yeah, I, I got a call out of the blue. And now the scripts that I wrote and that I performed 
are the voice of 13 foot tall animatronic characters at the Queen Mary for Shaquille O'Neal. That's fantastic. Oh man, that's so awesome. Okay. Now, the exciting stuff aside, let's get into some of the hard issues. Let's get into some of the realities that people are going to have to face within the world of acting. Whether you're an actor in film and TV, on stage, uh, performing, or a voice actor, that you're going to come across some challenges. And from your personal experience, from your journey, AJ, uh, what would you say is probably one of the hardest challenges that you've experienced that you uh, had to face head on? Well, the biggest challenge in the entertainment industry in today's market, in my opinion, is that everything moves lightning fast. And the recommendations that people will give you to get exposure, quote unquote, or numbers, quote unquote, you will put in so much work and then two days from now, it won't matter because something else will come in. In 2010, I was told to go on YouTube. Around 2012, I was told to go on Vine. Then I was told to go on Instagram. Then I was told to go on TikTok. Probably next year, it's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, the entertainment industry likes to spend a lot of time telling you about what you have to do to stay relevant, to get numbers, to get exposure. And I'm not saying that it's not cool to do those things because you totally can't. I mean, I, I'm a firm believer in content creation. Like just make something wherever you can as often as you can. But don't think that the thing you're being told or forced into doing for any reason right now, whether it's like get followers, get views, like it's not the end of the world because in just a couple months, there'll be something else they're asking you to do. So even though the entertainment industry ebbs and flows, especially as an actor that, you know, everyone's always going to be asking something different of you all the time. So you got to stick to your guns and what's working for you. And as far as social media goes, the thing that I've come to find that's more important than numbers is just creating authentic content. You know, let people know that you are uh, whatever you're working on, whatever you're proud of, share your accomplishments that you are legally allowed to share, uh, share your, (laughs) you know, the things you're reading, the things you're watching, like share who you are as an artist rather than just doing it to get exposure. And I'll give you a perfect example, Jacob, from from TikTok. That oh, please, by all means. Yeah, I was having difficulty with the TikTok algorithm. You know, there's a lot of great voice actors on TikTok, and and I really enjoy uh, a lot of 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 that content. Um, but it's very hard to catch your footing on an app like that where there's so many people, and it is essentially randomized what content gets fed to you. Um, get fed to the consumers rather. So when I was debating what kind of TikTok content to create, rather than focus on something that uh, I thought would get views, I just did something I enjoyed. Jacob, did you play the Lego Star Wars video games? Of course. And I have a six-year-old. So yeah, we play all the time. Fantastic. So Lego Star Wars, another enduring piece of pop culture that has been around for for, uh, two generations now and remains very exciting and fun. So Lego Star Wars had the most fantastic death sounds for their characters. Uh, When when these little minifigures would jump off of a cliff or they'd run out of lives, they would have like a, like they would have like the- No more Wilhelm scream. (laughs) Yes, exactly. It's it's the Wilhelm scream style stuff, classic Star Wars, you know, very silly. You know, the voice actors had a great time. So me and my best friend, Scott, I have known Scott since 2007. We grew up doing theater together. Uh, now we, we've both worked for Disney in various capacities. Uh, you know, we, we followed our passions and made them happen. Well, one of our passions is imitating the Lego Star Wars video game death sounds uh, just for fun because we, we enjoy it. It's the nostalgia. And one day I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to do that on TikTok because like I enjoy imitating the Lego Star Wars death sounds. Well, little did I know imitating the Lego Star Wars death sounds on TikTok because I wanted to do it for fun. My expression as an artist got me over a million views on TikTok. Wow. (laughs) Just something that simple. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what happened when I followed my passion as an artist instead of following what everyone else said about like, well, you should create this. This will get views because I wholeheartedly believe that no one on the face of this earth would have genuinely told me to my face. You should imitate the Lego Star Wars death sounds. It will get you views. I I like that you were like, I just want to have some fun with my buddy and just it it led to something great. That's awesome. (laughs) Exactly. And I think as much as the entertainment industry is a business and you need to learn how to make it a business and treat it like a job, you also need to remember to have fun and follow what makes uh, you happy as well. And when you do that, other people will follow because it will make them happy too. Excellent. Uh, All right, moving along. This is kind of a similar question, but it's a little different. As an artist uh, out there in the acting world, uh, whether again – you know, on film, on stage, or voice acting, was there ever something unexpected that you were not anticipating that you had to learn and and adapt and overcome in the moment? Yes, there was. Uh, it was called the COVID nineteen pandemic. And, uh, <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I think all artists anywhere in the world, especially those who work in audience or consumer facing uh, jobs were greatly affected by what happened. And, and not just entertainment, obviously, like many industries were affected, but entertainment, gosh, that was tough because so much of what we do as entertainers, as artists, as, as people working in the industry and including yourself is we all work together to present something to an audience. Well, what do you do when you can neither work together safely in the same space or work with an audience safely in the same space. Like you can't be with other people in person, period. Not your team, not your audience. What do you do with that? Well, you get creative. And luckily, we're creative people. That's what we did. I'm extremely grateful to say that the era of the pandemic, while extraordinarily difficult uh, for so many of us, uh, whether it was medical or or um, physical or mental, it was extremely difficult. But it also launched such an intense period of creativity that I am grateful to have been part of. Uh, whether that was staged readings of scripts through Zoom or drive-through entertainment. You know, there was a lot of drive-through experiences. Like I I mentioned the Stranger Things. I performed at the Stranger Things drive-in. I did voiceovers for drive-in experiences. There were creators putting forth these adventures where you would get in your car and go through these various environments safely and still experience entertainment. And my field particularly worked a lot during this time because a lot of that stuff, like what do you do when you can't have a performer in your car with you, you have a voiceover. So I, you know, during that time, I I very quickly had to adapt. How do I make what I do beneficial to this entertainment? And how do I learn Zoom to do that entertainment? And, and then once it was safer to do so, you know, once we had the vaccines and we had, you know, masks that we could use, uh, then get back out there and, and work at the drive-in events where there are performers that are safely interacting with you. Uh, learn how to perform with car fumes in your mask. You know, there, there was all sorts of stuff that we adapted to. And I'm very fortunate to say the lessons I learned in storytelling about how to still make a story work, even though it's being told through a car and the lessons I learned about resilience from artists like, oh my gosh, that era was so 
deeply inspiring as a creator and the ways we adapted were nothing short of amazing. Absolutely agree. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. It was unexpected. And you're right. It was a it was a real struggle. And to see so much creativity come out of that. I mean, personally, for me, the, the pandemic helped lead me into a better uh, career opportunities. It helped me discover things about myself creatively. I was able to focus more on my writing. I was able to start podcasting just because why not? Everyone else seemed to as well. <laughs> And I've had a lot of fun, uh, you know, good or bad. It's been a great journey. And I, I love the, these drive-through experiences. They're, they're still popular now, even though you don't have to do them anymore. They're continuing to do it. it it's really cool that you've brought back sort of an old era of drive-in theater experience, but it's an interactive kind of thing that you go through. I, I know uh, around the holidays and Christmas time, I love those interactive uh, light up places that have some some character actors here and there, but mostly it's like a drive through scenery done with Christmas lights. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and that's essentially what the uh, the experience with Jojo Siwa was. It was a uh, you know an interactive light show that that was also uh, had character actors involved in it. And it, you know, I'd like to also mention something that happened during the pandemic for a lot of us artists was we had to sit down and, and think why are we doing what we do? Like, who are we as artists? And and I'm grateful I had that time to get introspective and think about it. Jacob, you are a horror fan as I am. Uh, you have seen Wes Craven's People Under the Stairs, correct? It's my favorite Craven film of all time. It's the absolute best Wes Craven movie. An absolutely fantastic film. There is an actress in the film named A.J. Langer. She plays Alice. as She is now a countess uh, in the United Kingdom uh, by way of a, a really, truly amazing fairy tale story. <laughs> That's so awesome. she she is also uh, somewhat of a motivational speaker now and someone who is working a lot to encourage people to find their their authentic voice as, as actors and, and as as people. So during 2020, because you could connect with people all over the world through Zoom and, and all these various means, uh, AJ Langer had put forth this course called How to Free Your Authentic Voice uh, from a, a creative company in, in Exeter, United Kingdom, where she brought together artists, myself included. I was, I was a participant in this course to like, you know, combine philosophy and spirituality and creativity and just really center yourself at this time when there was madness everywhere on why it is you do what you do and how to best free your authentic self into your art as an artist. Thank you for that. I have one more tough question, and that is, what is probably one of the hardest realities that you've had to face as an independent artist? You know, something maybe discouraging, hmm. just a, a hard reality that's just, it's a fact, it comes with this this career. And it's something that, you know, people are going to have to adapt to. Things change very, very fast. Like I said, when it comes to, you know, one day you have a million subscribers on YouTube. Tomorrow that doesn't matter because now somebody else has 2 million subscribers on TikTok or 2 million followers rather. So that shows you how not up on it I am. I just called TikTok follower subscribers. I'm learning with you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, things change really fast and it's okay if you can't always adapt, you can do your absolute best, but you're never going to be everything. And the sooner you accept that, the happier you will be. You don't have to be everything to everyone, to every project. And sometimes, most of the time, it's not even about you. So as much as you want to keep up with everything, as much as you want to be the best when it comes, I want to have the most followers. I want to have the biggest brand names. I want to have the the best teacher that money can buy. I want to have the best equipment. Like that's great. You should strive to, you know, like they say, you know, shoot for the moon. Cause even if you don't reach it, you'll land amongst the stars. That's great. But at the end of the day, 
there are going to be things that are not in your control. They, things that change with trends, things that change with like what is required of you as an actor. And you can't, you don't always keep up with it. And that's okay. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I, I agree. I think, uh, especially as an actor, probably the hardest bit of advice to accept is the fact that it it's not always about you. And that can be really tough because when you're in the acting world, you kind of make it that way. So on to more positive light here, let's get into some happier topics. As an artist, as someone who is an actor, a voiceover artist, um, what is the most valuable takeaway you've had from your experience? I think one of the biggest, most meaningful takeaways for me has been the words of wisdom from some of my experienced peers who have really allowed me to find my definition of what it means to be an entertainer and how I can relate that to my audiences. My good friend, Russ Marchand, who has worked with you know many big companies and, and, and many creative projects, he uh, has, the way he describes this is, uh, expand your definition of what an actor is. And there are so many people, I, I know to each their own, I totally get it. If you only want to be doing, you know, leading roles in film or whatever, that's fine. But my biggest takeaway as a creator has been expanding my definition of what an actor is and finding so many deeply meaningful experiences because of that. I've met some of my best friends working at Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. I know people who would turn their nose down at that job, but I would never. You are getting a chance to perform for people, thousands of people a night with some of the biggest brand names in the history of modern entertainment. You know, I, you know, Jordan Peele, like you name it, you're working with some great storytellers. And I've just I find it so amazing that I've had these chances to connect with so many people using my voice as an artist, using my, my, you know, my philosophy of what makes me happy that also makes other people happy. Just connecting with people in various mediums, in various jobs, in various locations, just following the art. And, you know, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but the truth is you can't spell heart without art. I love it. Well said. <laughs> That's a great takeaway. Um, AJ, what drives you, man? What keeps you going? What pushes you through everything? What's your drive? Well, as I mentioned before, things do change very fast in entertainment and in today's world, period. You know, when you finish one show, the streaming service will give you another one to start in 10 seconds unless you click the button. Things move very, very fast. But something that never changes is the stories that have affected all of us. There are so many stories that are passed down for generations, whether it whether it's myths and legends or, or classic monsters or even modern science fiction like Star Wars that is still fairly young in its inception. You know, the 1970s wasn't all that long ago, yet you know we'll still be talking about Star Wars in 100 years or more. Of course. Entertainment has this beautiful intersection between making what is current and what is speaking to today's audiences and making what is eternal. Stories will go on forever. And if you are making a film, you can immortalize whatever it is you're doing for generations to find. And if you're in theater, you can make memories that may influence people or last a lifetime. I can tell you point blank with complete sincerity, I would not be the actor I am today without the characters I met in theme parks as a young person. So even though in those jobs, you might not be capturing your performance on camera for generations, who knows, performing in a show, an immersive experience, a drive-in, whatever you're doing might connect with an audience member. They might come through and say, wow, I really like that performance. I think I can do that too. 
and then they decide to be an actor. You just never know who you're influencing. So what keeps me going is knowing that what I'm doing will matter to somebody, will resonate to somebody, because whether it's a TV show or a film I'm working on or a voiceover that might be heard in 50 years, or it's a one-on-one connection I'm having with somebody at a live event or immersive theater, I know that what I'm doing will have a ripple effect I will never experience. And what an amazing honor that is. Absolutely. As they say, sharing is caring. (laughs) And you're sharing that moment, that experience with someone else. I think that's great. I believe entertainment is a gift that we are giving an audience. And we are in a wonderful position as artists to be able to give that gift uh, that someone will unwrap with lots of joy. Absolutely. All right. My last question for you. What is some advice... Uh, that you would give to someone who's trying to pursue the same career as you, whether it's acting or voice acting or, you know, theater presence, stage acting, what's some really good advice you would like to share with them? Well, I would like to pull a little bit from all of the mentors I've mentioned, whether it's Corey Burton or Russ Marchand or AJ Langer. I've had so many people that have passed on advice to me that I, I would be pretentious to contribute my own advice. I'm just going to contribute what they've said that's helped me. And I'll I'll go back again to, if you want to be a voice actor, be a good listener, pay attention to the world around you and have fun with making that your own thing. If you want to work in film and TV, watch movies, find what works for you, work as a background actor, work as a stand-in, learn about what it's like to be on a set and just enjoy every moment of learning. And as AJ Langer said, figure out who you are as an authentic artist. Use your authentic voice to unlock those opportunities for you. And even though not every single job might be in line with your authentic voice, you can find a way to authentically connect to whatever it is that you're working on, whether it is a theme park, a film, a a television show, a voiceover, uh, it doesn't matter. If you have a, a true understanding of what your authentic voice is, you will be able to use it for anything and everything. So listen to the world around you and put that out through your art. Observe the world around you by working in jobs that are like background acting, just observe and, and then really know yourself. And if you are listening and observing and knowing yourself, when you combine all of those things, you will be unstoppable as an artist. Well said. AJ, Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for sharing your personal experience, your own journey. I know that we're going to see a lot more from you and I can't wait. But right now, this is your platform. This is your moment to shine some more. Uh, is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to share, discuss? Uh, your, do you have any social media you'd like to put out there? Any any projects you're currently working on? Anything you'd like our audience to go and check out by you? Well, thank you very much for having me on, by the way. I've had an, an absolute blast. And thank you, Jacob, for creating a podcast that is meant to inspire people and share these authentic stories about working as artists in all fields. I think that's amazing. And it's so necessary in in a world where it's it's easy to, de- to get discouraged. We We need more encouragement. So thank you for that. Uh, If anyone wants to see what I'm working on at the moment or or what other entertainment I'm consuming, because listen, yes, I work as an entertainer, but I also still listen and observe. I love (laughs) consuming media. Uh, I am a fan of of lots of things. And because I am a fan of things, I'm grateful I also get to put that passion into working on them. So if you are 
Uh, if you are also a fan like me and you love entertainment, you can follow me on Instagram at AJDana. That is A-J-D-A-N-N-A. And you can also check out my website, AJDana.com, for my voiceover reels and some highlights from some prior projects. All around, I just wish everyone very well in their journey. And I hope something that myself or my mentors have said inspires you because the world is a creative place and you have something to contribute. So go do it. Thank you so much, AJ. To my fellow listeners out there, I know that you had to find some inspiration today. Uh, I hope that you can take it and run with it. I hope that this encourages you. Uh, if you had no idea how to go about doing any of this stuff, I, I hope now you have a little bit more understanding and a direction. And until next time, as always, stay golden. Thanks for tuning in to IPA Sessions. To help support this podcast, please rate and review and click that subscribe button to follow for new bi-weekly episodes. And if you're an independent artist out there looking to promote your work or yourself, please reach out to me via social media at IPA Sessions on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also reach out to me via email at Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you felt inspired.